This podcast is sponsored by House of Intuition, a house of love that is there to lift you and inspire you and delight you and give you the tools that you need to take your levels up higher so that you can recognize the power that you are and step into your leadership in a way that allows you to feel secure and safe in your knowledge and your practice. You can take many classes there from many teachers who are experts from all over with so much knowledge to share with you, to be able to fine-tune your skills so that you are operating at a pristine level of excellence, as well as amazing candles to clear energies and blockages, powerful crystals and energies and books and all types of things inside the house awaits you. So go ahead, check out House of Intuition at www.houseofintuition.com. LA.com and be inspired and impressed how your intuition has led you there because you are ready to reclaim and rediscover and shine your power as a leader on earth. Love you. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional, spiritual and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, everyone. This is Shaman Durek, and I'm very happy to be here and to have such a beautiful tribe that we are a part of. Our tribe is powerful. Our tribe is dynamic. Our tribe is magical. Our tribe is love. Our tribe is able to create change in the world, and our tribe moves energy for the highest possibility for all beings on planet Earth. Our tribe has the ability to transform life in every way because our tribe is all over the place and our tribe is here. And so I'm so happy to be here with all of you today in our tribe. And I'm also very, very happy to bring on one of my closest, dearest friends, Elephant. And I just want to tell you what an amazing, amazing opportunity to be able to have her come on today on Soul Talk and be a part of our tribe and share in the love and the generosity and the kindness and just the spirit of what we represent in this tribe about making change and talking and sharing and sharing our stories and loving each other and being there for each other. And so I am just so honored to bring on Elephant. Elephant is, uh, she is such a gift to me. Uh, she is such a friend because she can check me and put me in my place and I laugh about it and we laugh. We have such a good time together and I'm so happy that she came, that we found each other in this life and that she came into my life again. And it's so honored to have her here. Elephant is a musician. She is a singer. She is a, 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 a just an amazing wordsmith. Uh, she has the ability to just transform so much so quickly and she doesn't put up with shit 
and that's what our tribe's about. Our tribe is not about putting up with shit. She doesn't, she breaks the walls down. She breaks the barriers. And that's what's important. So I'm so happy to have her here on our tribe. I'm going to bring her on and welcome Elephant to our tribe. Hi, sweetheart. Hi. So welcome to the tribe. We're happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm so glad to be in it. Like in the world. Yeah. Yeah. In the future. Yes. So I'm happy to have you here. Um, And, you know, welcome to our tribe. I'm also very happy because I'm just, you know, to talk about things with you and and so that people can really get to see, because this is what Soul Talk is all about. It's not about like, when you're dealing with the public and you're having all these things, but you're dealing, they get to see you and experience you as you are in your being. So I just am really happy. So first off, I just want to, can you tell people how we met each other? Shannon came into my life uh, in uh, New York. It was one of my stress, most stressful moments uh, in my elephant experience. I had toured for for decades, and I was in this. Uh, I came to New York, dropped straight into this, uh, yeah, live show series uh, thing with uh, collaboration with Red Bull that I did, and we were looking for some type of yeah experience that would work for me and Bahia. That is both kind of like the ideas they have were not. Our, we didn't think it was so fun, and then they came up with the idea. Let's bring this channel. We know this guy, and I have a contact. He's a really good guy. We were so excited. We were so excited, but we were also too excited. We were a bit hangover that day when you came. <laughs> we were both, like, I think it was good because you really got to like see that you know, like when you are dressed up like that in your hangover, like when you have no ma- mask. You know, I think it's got pretty clear. Like you grabbed my grabbed my arm and you instantly told me clear, very clear. I don't know exactly what you said, but it's a couple of things that was so straight into my heart because because it's been things I myself has. It's fundamental, and I've been thinking about it my whole life. Like this experience I have with human beings that I I for one look like you said, like you said, don't look at the humans like cockroaches. You said uh, to me. You need to remember that you have chosen this. You wanted to be here. And that's something I have said since I was little. I always knew some t- somewhere I chose this. I can't complain. This is where I'm supposed to be. But I'm so frustrated about myself and about other human beings. I don't understand this whole thing. And you were like, it's not so, it's not so strange because you haven't been human so much. And I was also feeling that very much and I mean it was just there was a couple of things you said and I I begged for the whole uh, recording of it and I sent it to my father and he called back crying he's like this is the best analyst this is what I always wanted to tell you and I mean yeah I just trusted you instantly shaman and I knew I knew that I would be blessed with you in my life kind of quick At least when you came to my show, I knew after that night it was going to happen. Because then I invited you to my show. We ended up having this beautiful night, jumping uh, hula hoops uh, <laughs> through, yes. New York, through New Dipping York. Through and New York. And, and we had so much fun. We were really like embracing that little, the little child inside. It was, it was beautiful. You brought something out. That's what you also have taught me. Like I need to be more colorful and cuddly because I do like that. I like to be nice and cute. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so tell us, um, I just want to dive right in into yeah. you. In the beginning, what inspired you to become a musician and to become the biggest, you know, the biggest hit sensation? Like, how did you start this journey? No, it's kind of a, an original story. I, I started, I think the journey started so long time ago. I think the journey started when I was 16 and decided to, to uh, go traveling and uh, with and you know experience life uh, without witnesses without people reminding me of who i ha- who i am or who I, ha- I have created in my it's almost like a, a box that you create your personality when you're constantly around people that has all that that knows you and i just broke out of that and then i could i had my first experience of of, of music i was drumming and i was uh, in, in you know enjoying jam sessions and stuff like that and then I started uh, sometimes when I really felt brave on techno parties and stuff like that. I went up and I did some of my poetry in weird mics and I, some type of little seed was there. But it was never my attention to become a musician and, and live off this. I just knew it was a challenge and something I needed to work with because it came back to me all the time. Even if I tried to leave it, I really wanted to do photography and there's other type of art expressions that I felt more connected to and, than music. But it all actually happened years after that, uh, when I was in Paris uh, to celebrate my little sister's birthday. And, I was, uh, and there was a guy there from Sweden that wanted some help uh, with lyrical and uh, mu- Yeah, he wanted some help to do melodies and lyrics on his music project for another girl. And she ended up didn't want it. so. We put it out and instantly we just got all this attention and Skrillex called me up. I think that's one of the big reasons everything happens because he basically called me up and came to Sweden and just brought me back here and Diplo West been amazing. Also like just really big people and also my little label that I was signed with just that I got signed with just, I don't know, just blow up. Like I learned how to sing, do in front of all of you. You know, I learned this in front of everybody. <laughs> it's really cool. That's I think that's really the only thing that makes my uh, music really important. It's because it's a uh, it's against the odds. You know, I was twenty seven when I was started doing music. You know, everybody can change, and that's what I want to represent. Like we are very changeable people, and we it it takes a, a lifetime. And even a couple of lifetimes, I think, to to really find what you're supposed to do. But it's very easy with a society that kind of pushes you to very early age. Get yourself that mortgage and that plan. And you instantly put into a very, very routine pattern uh, where you go on the same subway or the same bus every day. And it's kind of hard to, like, catch the winds of life. Like, I like to look at it a little bit like something like a seed falling from the tree, you know. If you're <laughs> falling just straight under the tree, no one, nothing's going to happen to the seed because the, the big tree is just going to take the energy and nothing will happen. Maybe just something very small, you know? Mm-hmm. But if a bird pick up the seed and fly away with it and poop it out somewhere else, which is a kind of a process, like you don't want to get eaten and pooped out, but... I mean, it might be a good idea. It's a form of, you know, it's, it's a very shamanic journey. Yeah, but in a way, that's what I want to represent with change. You need to break. You need to break like the like the cocoon breaks and becomes a butterfly. You need to 
acorn need to break to become an oak tree. And it hurts to get born through a little hole. And it hurts in life to be reborn, you know. But that's the only way for for the seed to get that energy that it actually needs to become anything. I've just been uh, extremely lucky being born in, in a century where I, as a woman, actually didn't have all these uh, demands on me. I was free from day one, you know. People, it, I am a failure in the eyes of, now I'm not because I'm selling records. <laughs> but I was a failure before that. Like, I, no one looked at me as, I mean, quit school when you're 15, you started traveling. No one looks at those travels as something that you can put in a resume because obviously I was witnessless. No one knows what I did there. You know, it was also before fucking internet. I didn't have phone when I was out there too much and stuff. I mean, not for, before internet, but. No one, I don't, don't have any proof of anything I did there. It's just like my stories, that's it. Like it's time that didn't exist. But, you know, I had that and I was working as a waitress and I, the only thing I actually knew was that I can't stay. I can't just stay anywhere. I need to continue my travels. And I think that's what took me here. And it's a challenge every day. Like I don't, I don't sing in my life. I don't sing in the shower. I don't sing anywhere. That's what I think you're going to help me with in the future. But I sing in the studio and I sing when I'm on tour. But I'm still not like, I still don't get it. Like, I still have no idea. I don't understand what happened, you know? You know what I love about you? I love your realness. I love from the day that I met you. The reason why we're, we're such good friends is because of the fact that we just keep it so thousand percent real. Like, yeah. we just don't give a shit, you know? And I love what you just said about the fact that you just don't know. But you know what I what I gather from you, even though you don't sing in the shower and you don't sing out because I mean, you'll send me songs, you know, which is something we'll play with each other and we'll sing each other songs as like kids, you know, because we're like big kids together. But at the same time, what I think from you is like when we're out, I notice you're very you're picking. You're so smart, um, Ellie. You're so smart because you see shit that is like. Like, even when I think, like, even if you're having a beer or you're drinking or you're a little bit tipsy, you're picking up on everyone's energy. You remember everything that's going on. And so I can say something and you're like, no, shut the fuck up. That's not what it was. This is what it is. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. How did she get that? She's so completely, like, not with us right now, but yet she is. And, it, you know, it's so much fun. I think that with you you've come in with this really powerful energy because you can sense, I feel like you're in your body, but sometimes you're not. I feel like you're living around us in a spirit because you can sense everything that's going on. And then out of nowhere, you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start posting up pictures about this war that's happening in Syria. I'm going to start putting like, like all of a sudden you like go from one thing to like another thing. And it's so beautiful to see. And that's like, because you're picking up on all that energy. And when you're in the studio, when I'm with you in the studio, I've never seen, and I've been in so many studios, I've never seen, like when we were doing the album just recently um, for our friend Adil, and I've never seen anyone can just pull lyrics so quickly out of their being, like you do, and they sound, and the way you bring your lyrics out, it's like, who are you? Who are you? I'm like, I'm like in a room with an ET, another being. You're like, because the lyrics come out and when we get on the, and then when we start recording and I'm sitting there and I'm doing my part and then all of a sudden I'm listening to you and I'm like, when did you, when did you get these words? You're like, oh, I just wrote it on the couch just now. 
And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, I so think it's about I, focusing, like, I think it's similar maybe to the work you do about, like, taking one moment from one dimension and then totally try to let go of that dimension to go into that other dimension because otherwise yeah. it's blurry, you know? So I can get really, like, I think people, sometimes they expect me to come into the studio and be like, and like freestyle and be like, oh, funny, but I'm not. It's actually, as soon as I come into the studio, I'm like, I'm flipping and I become like really quiet, super focused. And I'm just like writing it. Usually I write everything in the studio when I work. Like I don't usually, because sometimes also it's once again, like, if you have all of the time an idea of what you're going to do, if I come to the studio with already lyrics and like an example of a song that I want to make, then, I mean, that could be good to be a little bit like that. And I need to learn more about that. But it's actually choking the opportunity for something new that you never would expect to be born suddenly a couple of hours later, be there on your phone so you can listen to it when you go home in the Uber and like, fuck, this is so cool. I had no idea this was going to get born today. But if you can't, that's something I learned also from being an artist that didn't, it's a very blessed, it's a blessed position to be an artist that haven't dreamed about this my whole life because I don't have a clear vision, which makes me so open to collaboration with absolutely everybody. And also... Uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't have any pressure on myself so much. Like when it comes to my painting and when it comes to my pictures and, and sometimes also maybe with the lyrics, but I don't have any pressure on myself when it comes to the sound I want to do or how cool I want to be or how, uh, you know, futuristic I want to be. Like I don't have any pressure like that because everything I do, I love. It doesn't matter what, I never loved any type of music. I never had an idol. Like everything I do, I like, even if everything sounds different. And I'm going to just continue to confuse people because um, I believe that is something very real in us that we're trying to take away because it's really scary to think about that because most of us that is lucky people in this world living in a very square, routine life and, and are pushed to do that. The society says, yes, take more mortgage, uh, borrow more money. No, it's such fucking bullshit is what it is. Yeah, work more. Being this, then you are a very good citizen and a very good person in this world, and you get safety. We, that's going to bring you safety. And for me, I'd rather have freedom than safety, you know? Me too. Absolutely. I mean, I left school. I left school um, at my last junior high. My father like did everything he could to like pay his to pay me pay the school to like say that I graduated. But I, I just stay focused on my shamanic work and my studies and my training and magic, my knowledge of like other dimensions and so forth. And then look what it did for me. It allowed me to mm -hmm. be like, you know, out mm -hmm. here in the world, you know, traveling from country to country and helping people. So yeah. I definitely believe it. It's fantastic with you, Shaman, like, because you're such an educated person and you come from an educated family and you are, you know, so much. And, and then you can sometimes be this little baby like you still so unexploded uh, in your like you like i read an article the other day about that we all basically born as geniuses uh, it was actually a serious uh, article and it was like we all have very very we have stuff in our brain that is what geniuses has later on when we're born 
but the life the system of life is instantly like destroying that and and you know pushing that away and uh, the evolution of life is not you know giving any soil to that so but with you because you had this uh, bloodline and because you got the opportunity to to be pushed in your spiritual childish emotional self uh, I think we would have had so many more shamans in this world if if people just opened up to the idea of of realness and and uh, how much that knowledge is worth, even if it's also also what is knowledge worth is also what is knowledge if it's already someone already said it's like that, you know, like That's we right. need new knowledge. That's what we need, and uh, we're not going to get new knowledge if we just stay in the same routines. There's things. I mean, we still continue growing here. And like, now I don't know. I think you're onto something. <laughs> no, it's funny, funny that you said that. And I know that like from my lineage um, from West Africa, where my family chose me to be the next line in, in, of, of the shaman from my grandmother who chose me, you know, and when I meet with other shamans around the world, be it Native American or Peruvian or Mongolian, you know, they're very strict in their way of the way that they do things. You know, there's like a very strong, like, this is the ethics. This is how it goes. We can't share this with the Western world. They're not ready for this information. We have to, like, just, like, give them this or give them this medicine or, you know, do these things. And for me, I'm just like, fuck all that. Like, I don't want to be that fucking boxed up shaman who's like, you know, walking around with robes and shit. And like, I don't want to be that. I want to be punk rock. I want to be rock and roll. I want to be hip hop. I want to be crazy. But I, you want, have, I want to skip I up, you know? Succeeded. I think you have succeeded. I am, if I'm going to be honest, I'm the most skeptical, you know, person there is. And now since I'm with Luke, I'm even more skeptical because he's a skeptical person. <laughs> I mean, you, the, I mean, if, if you can win my heart with your realness, I, this, I mean, you're, you're, every time I've just talked to my dad, I'm like, it's just something that is, I fall in love with a shaman every time I meet him. Like, also, it's like, you're constantly blooming me. How lucky that you were here now for a little bit and we actually get to spend some time. I know, this is like the first, instead of us, like, me having to fly to Sweden or chase (laughs) you to find each other. You have to go to Sweden, though. I really like, because also like when you were in Sweden last time, I didn't actually understood at that point how, how that you, you know, what routines did you have? Like, uh, so I exposed you a little bit to like life because I didn't know like where your, how your, you know, your life usually are. Like, you remember that first day I went to the Oh my God, I was freaked out. I was freaked out. (laughs) But it was, I mean, yeah, it's. uh, I'm like, I'm like used to like. Getting up in the morning, my assistant gives me a list of every the, yeah. you know person I'm supposed to meet. Oh, you're meeting this person in the United Nations. You're going over here. You're talking at this event. You're going to do this. And I like my whole life is run on a schedule. Yeah, so I, I get to free. sleep and I'm like. <laughs> you're free for a week. You didn't sleep. Uh, but I want you so much to come this uh, this uh, summer also because uh, this yeah because this proper summer because you were there in the fall you know last time I want you to experience the beautiful northern uh, summer you know where the sun never go down and and I'm gonna create something where you're definitely gonna be comfortable but it's gonna be a challenge for you for sure I'm sure I'm sure you always create challenges for me I wouldn't yeah. put it past you. <laughs> You need to, your challenge for me is like you said before, like when we just freestyle on our 
like when you make me freestyle and stuff, when you make me do the whole like jump like this on the streets, like be silly. This is your chat. This yeah, it's called skipping. When we and skip I'm down the street, you being a little bit dirty, go to dry toilets. You can do this. <laughs> kind of no, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have that regal side of me a lot of people tell me when they they're like and then when you when I'm with you you rip me apart it's like last time when I came to Sweden I came because I just wanted to bring your birthday gift <laughs> yeah I know I know and I told my dad just before you came I'm like yeah I think Shaman mostly coming to give me my birthday gift I think he has this but it is I told I told I saw that I think because I'm a little similar I have like I love to give things to people i i definitely i remember the first i think that's a little bit when you turn also into like some type of change when you're like three or four years old when you have that first christmas when you're more excited about giving away your little stuff that you made on kindergarten than yes. actually getting something that you're like first before you don't before you even want your own gifts you want to give away your gifts you know yes yes it's, it's a very powerful you know, it's a powerful feeling to be able to give something. And I know you, you just felt so that it was so perfect. And it was perfect. Perfect gift. I still wear I was, I was, I was so happy. And then I'm meeting your dad. Oh my God. I love your dad. I love your family. I love your mom. I love the dog. I love your friends. I mean, and being out there in nature in the cabin. So, so beautiful. Me and Tilly falling asleep on the couch together with our heads together with a smile on our face. You know, I love Sweden. I really do. I love the language. You're there. It's like, it's something, I like Sweden much better when you're there. Also. So you can be there as much as you want. I would love to. I love Sweden. I'll definitely, I'm definitely going to come out. I'm going to bring my niece and we're going to have to come out and, and, and you know, that's and get the, crazy. That's the perfect friend to bring, person to bring. Uh, you should bring her. She's great. The girl with the guitar. No, no, no. The other one. The one who's now managing me. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, sorry. you're gonna meet her. She's coming tomorrow. She's coming with me tomorrow to your house in Malibu. Oh, lovely. Yeah, a lot of people's gonna come tomorrow. I'm very excited. I'm gonna clean up this house. It looks like shit here. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is something that you things. feel? What is something that you feel strong about in the world that you want, that you feel that you want people to? What is like what if to give some knowledge to people about what's happening in the world right now? What is your attention on? What do you see the most of? I think something. I mean, there's so obviously crazy stuff. There's so much going on. It's like it's impossible to choose. Almost like. But I think something that has been the last couple of weeks bothering me a lot and that I have that is coming as waves in my life and that's maybe surprising people. But I know that I talk a lot about drugs and alcohol and uh, and partying and the importance of like letting go and all these things. But uh, if you really listen to it in the right way, the music I do, it's kind of destructive. Also, look at it like I grew up. In a, in a very, very drunk and drugful world, like grown up people were drunk or high around me always. And uh, then I had the chance to travel away from, from my own, the picture of myself uh, as being dirty somehow, you know? I went to India and I obviously fell into like a lot of drugs there also, but somewhere around there, I made some choice actually that, 
I do drugs sometimes. Yeah, that would, that's fun. But I'm worried about drugs very much. Like I'm worried what happens to relationships where drugs is where you take drugs too much. You know, I think it's an amazing thing to do some, you know, seance, uh, some type of ceremony once, twice a year with your friends and do drugs and dance everything out. But I think we have an epitome in the world, epidemic in the world right now that is so scary. And it's not only scary because it's actually healthy, unhealthy and people are dying. And it's because for what really broke my heart as a drug addict's child is that uh, very early I realized that time when you're on drugs, even when you're really drunk, time you, you spoil your moment in the moment. Most experiences in life you can uh, go back to, you can find power in them again. You can, even if it wasn't so fulfilling at the moment, it's still going to make you grow, you know? But mm -hmm. experience, the beauty of it and the danger of it is that you experience everything there and then. And it's just shadows afterwards, you know? And after a while, you lose something in relations with other human beings. And it's something very fundamental and, and it's very sad when that thing disappears because you actually don't connect anymore. Like not even maybe with your best friends. It can crawl up on you, you know? And I think I've just been very sad looking around lately because I think it's just so much drugs everywhere. Like... Obviously, the partisan is full of drugs, but also the everyday is full of drugs. People are taking drugs just to be a, just to catch up in this world, you know. And yeah, that's that's something I'm thinking about a lot. Also, living here in America, here in you know in Los Angeles, you know how it is. Everybody's on pills. It's not even a it's not even a thing, you know. But for me, it is a thing because I know. I have, an, I have been honest with the drugs. I have not said like, no, this is okay. I don't feel anything. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling something. Shit, this is real. Like I live it out and I'm just honest with the relationship and I, of it. Like it has, it is, my mother was so much drugs when I grew up that I basically, my, my mother is drugs. You know what I mean? So it's just very sad for me to see. And I think it's, I had, I've been lucky in a way because if you had that, if you have a situation like I, me and my sister had, you either choose really early to become also uh, the drug or you choose another way. And we chose another way. So we, but anyway, I don't know how long I can talk about this, but like that's something that is in my head a lot. And I think the new album I'm working on is uh, definitely like trying to explain also to all my fans and to all these beautiful people that is listening to my music, that there's also a dark side to the life I have lived and the life I still live. And, and I hate that I'm fucking smoking so much that I do. I hate that I have all these urges inside uh, and this something that just wants to expose this body. And that's where I think you're very right also with what you said about, like, it almost feels like I'm, I think most of us are doing these things to ourselves because we want to be in contact with this body, like the soul and the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit and the soul trying to like, like, because the body also has a memory. 
the 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 body has its own personality in a way and it needs to like work yeah. out with the with the soul you know and I yes. think drugs makes that m- m- work because uh, the soul is like yeah i'm really feeling you buddy you know so they can dance and it's a great moment between you and yourself so that's why it also gets really dangerous in the end cuz then you're all alone in the end well, you know, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I think, you know, for me, it's, you know, as a shaman who's, you know, works with different types of people. I mean, even a lot of times, like when a lot of uh, public figures come to me right before they go on the red carpet and stuff, you know, they're telling me they're doing all these drugs and I have to like help them in a system. And what I've learned about drugs, because I've been really like taking it in and digesting, like, what is the drug culture? What is it? What exactly is it? Yeah. And what I've learned is, is that we've come to Earth. And we have been robbed of our emotional intelligence. We are put into a system, a school system that is based on mental exertion and utilizing only one aspect of our brain. So we operate from this place of constantly using that one side of our brain, which is this masculine side that operates in this this kind of logic. Uh, But it's not really logic. It's more about like figuring things out and like judging them and then like working out how you can problem solve things. But it doesn't connect you with your true um, ability, which is your emotional intelligence. And I think that when we lose emotional intelligence, um, that's exactly how I feel, too, that it's like some type of connection that's connected to something so real and so emotional and so true to the to the to the moment and true and true to yourself which we never are in the world because we are judged on what we do for others and how other people look at us so like when you have that moment you know with yourself i think about my grandfather that was a very very hard alcoholic and he was also an artist a painter very very amazing painter and one aspect of his alcoholism that I don't think most people thought about that I think as an artist myself is that if you're really, if you're spinning out with the, with on the alcohol the whole night and paint and then you crash out and then you w- wake up 12 hours later, you look at your art at least for a second for the first time. You're like, wow, I did that. Like I'm alive. I exist, you know. And I think if you're already, if you're a very structured artist and you know exactly what you're going to paint and you paint that and you work on it for months and like when it's actually done, you're like, yeah, I did this, you know. But if you like make a song when you shit face and then you listen to it the next day and like you get a contact with yourself. Like, I mean, it's that's a weird perspective, maybe, but. I like your perspectives. Your perspectives have meaning. Every perspective is important. This is how we learn and grow as, as a species. And I think that with emotional intelligence being ripped away from humanity, we lost connection with nature. We lost connection with animals. We lost connection with our own sensorium, our own ability to telepathically communicate with each other through emotional experiences of energy. So our whole energy landscape has been basically thwarted by a system that doesn't want you to acknowledge it so that they can use your emotions as a weapon against you. All they have to do is create some mass hysteria, some idea of war, some idea of bomb, some idea of threat. And because you have no emotional intelligence, you respond with your emotions. So that's the reason why they ripped it away from humanity is that they can use it as a weapon against people. And this is one of the biggest things that I spent a lot of my time is really helping people to reinsurge themselves with their emotional intelligence 
So they're able to use telepathic psychic abilities, intuition, be able to tap into those other resources of information that is, that's there, but they don't understand that why they get overloaded, why they got anxiety is because they don't understand how to use their emotions. That's why I love Star Wars because he's talking about, you know, stretch out your emotions, Luke. And it's the same thing. We all need to be able to move our emotions further than the circumference of our own body to be able to understand how to adapt on planet Earth. And if we don't, we're going to drink. We're going to do drugs. We're going to look for every type of outward uh, resource to deal with the coping mechanisms of the suffering, the pain, the, the um, this distraction, the energies that we're being bombarded with. I mean, come on. You live on a world where everything is consumerism. You walk out, you go to a city, you got billboards in your face. You got all kinds of data and input coming in all the time. And your emotional self doesn't have the knowledge on how to deal with that energy. So, of course, you're going to drink. Of course, you're going to smoke. Of course, you're going to do these things. But there comes a point in, in existence where we must be able to reclaim that emotional space and be able to open up our powers to be able to sense beyond the mind so that we are operating as individuals and step into a place of community and connectedness. That's why music has such an impact on people because it uses emotional energy. Mm. Yeah, of course, and film. And yeah, and film. In art in general. It's using visual, it's yes. using visual audio um, you know, perspective. Yeah, but most things can be done with that perspective. I can also, I can sometimes feel so like, I heard so many times like, oh, I just wish I had like, I was creative. I just wish I was creative. Like that I could paint or sing or something. And I'm like, you can be creative whatever you do. If you're a baker, you can be creative. If you're a cleaning lady, you can be creative in that. Like it's, you know, you can do most things with creativity and emotion. And it's kind of, you know, it's, I think it's kind of rude to say like, yeah, this is a creative person and this is not. That's a really yeah, that's, that's I, ridiculous. There's some brothers that feel like, oh, I'm most creative. I'm like you are, you're like one of the most creative people I know. But the society has told them that they're boring, that they should do something boring with their life because you know they're not an actor or you know what I mean. So shitty. Right. Yeah, it's, it's bullshit. We've been programmed. And the other thing is, which is interesting in shamanism, is that whatever you can do on the physical gives you spiritual powers and whatever you learn on the spiritual gives you physical powers. It's this amazing two dimensions that are right side by side next to each other. Mm. Like this woman, I said to this woman, she said, I said, what are you really good at? She goes, I'm really good at cleaning the house and organizing my husband's stuff and organizing things for my kids. I said, so on a spiritual level, you are able to clean up energy. You're able to clean up things that you see in the spirit world that you can move. And you're really good at organizing energy for someone on a spiritual level that helps them to make change in their life. People don't even realize that every physical task that you can accomplish, even down to tying your shoe, creates an energy in the spiritual plane that gives you powers. And everything you can do, if you learn how to do things on the spirit plane, it gives you physical powers. It's really phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I love like being able to take people and show them these powers that they have just by the simple things that they do in their ordinary lives. Oh, I love you, Shaman, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, too. I'm so to have you in my life. So I'm honored to have you in my life, too. You're so good. That's also something I'm so impressed with. Like when we went to that refugee camp in Sweden. and uh, Were you in my head just now? Because literally, I was thinking the refugee camp we went to in Uppsala, 
And you just said it. Go ahead. Oh my God, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> no, but you, you were so sweet because that's when the, I saw that child, you know, you were like, oh, really? There's a war in Syria kind of thing? You were almost like that. You were like, so like, and then when you like, now I'm going to take this and bring it to the people. Then you're like, can you hold my phone for me? And then you turn it on and then you like took a long breath. And then you like, everything, all the information that they had been giving you, you like filtered it into this beautiful, kind of long, but still short message uh, about something so complicated, like, you know, like the the war in Syria. I mean, it's the most complicated conflict ever. And you just got it so beautiful. You, you have a way of um, sortating things that is so impressive. I love it. Because you know what I think we should do? I was thinking about the time that we were in Uppsala. Yeah. You know, a lot no. of people don't know that my roots, I have Norwegian roots. My mother is um, from, her family's from Oslo, Norway. So I have Viking blood. Mm-hmm. And my father is from, um, has African from West Africa and also Haitian blood. Oh, so. Yeah, we went but, you know, to the hills. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was you beautiful. We did that ritual. there too. You, you put some real good talk out there, too. I have that on tape somewhere. Oh, oh I love it. I love it. I, you know what I think we should do? We should do a fundraiser so we can bring something to those kids. Because I think didn't, they didn't have a, did they have a skateboard ramp or they yeah, just they had, had a ramp? And I've been already like uh, hook, hooking them up with some skateboards. Uh, and I, I went there with some like jackets and stuff like uh, they came and picked up like a lot of jackets and and skateboards and things yeah i, I want to raise was, money for them what you said i want i want you and i to do a campaign for them so that we can build them something on that land that they can play yeah we could do some show there you could do some talking and i can bring some people we could do a show there I've got, we talked about that and i mean summer is, is great like maybe in the end of summer like end of august or something yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, I, I was, I was in shock when we went to that refugee camp and what, what those lovely people go through. I mean, I'm going to start crying right now. And I get so emotional about it, you know, because we forget how much freedom we actually have mm-hmm. and how many people don't have that freedom. But that's you know? what I'm trying to not forget. That's the biggest blessing I feel like I have every morning. Like it is my mantra. Whatever happens, Ellie, you're free. You're fucking free. Let's do something with this fucking freedom. Whatever. Let's make a fool out of yourself. Who cares? Like, I'm free human being. It's like the biggest gift you can have as a human. We're the first, one of the, we are, I am one of the first free born humans in history of humankind. Like, not even people that was born rich had, they didn't have freedom. They had to do, they had all this responsibility. I was born not rich. I was born in my world, not rich, like poor. And I, and I think it was good that I was poor because, because it was, I was, I was just fucking free from the beginning. Like no times, no nothing. I don't want to go to school. Don't go to school. Can you go and buy me candy instead? Yeah, I'm going to buy candy instead. You know, like I'm like, oh, and I love it. And I, yeah, know and I was, and I was the opposite. It's my mission. Never answer to anything continue questioning everything and like move you know don't settle don't stagnate you know i agree and i love what you just said just now because as you know emotions are coming up in me because i'm thinking about some of the things that i saw in the refugee camp and like the way that people have their lives and how many people on this planet don't recognize they have this freedom 
you know, and they don't utilize it. They look, they walk around like, like robots, you know, that's why I love when you're, when I like, when I'm with people, I don't, I want them to break the rules with me, you know, like skipping down the street, you know, running on the beach and like taking off all my clothes and screaming on the top of my lungs, you know, rolling around in the grass with friends, building forts in my home where I go with friends with flashlights and we, we play with toys and action figures. And people are like, are these your toys? I'm like, yeah, these are my fucking toys. Yes. It's mm. not weird. So get off of me. You know, it's like, I love how we were laying on the bed the other night and we we're just like going through my Easter basket <laughs> and looking at yeah. all my, all oh, my toys. Oh, yeah. Sad. Yeah. Like, what do you say about like, what that, what does it do for us? Like spiritually, like to, cause even if you're like born on this beautiful, in this beautiful place, you know, maybe when I traveled in like Himalaya and like, I see these people that live in a very simple life and I feel very free. But I also know that they have televisions and they know that there's a world out there, but they don't have a passport. And even if they would have a passport, they might not be able to travel like, and there is borders and there is all this, like, what do you think that structure of, of our world is like doing to us spiritually? Like just, even if you live in this magical place and you have food on the table, but if you know that like we do now, there's a world out there, so much going on out there. So much. Be a part of it, you know, what is, do you understand? I mean, I see it all the time when I'm traveling and I'm dealing, I'm going to countries where there's conflict, where there's war, mm. where bombs are dropping. I mean, bombs going off like one block from my house, you know, oh. um, you know, and it's like even one of my friends who's one of my colleagues, you know, this person walked right up to her and shot her in the head. And everyone was like, Jerk, you got to get out of the country. They're going to shoot you next. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. staying put. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this out. And if someone shoots me, then they shoot me, but no one's gonna shoot me. And like, when I see all this stuff happening in the world, and then I look at how people who are living like in Los Angeles or New York or Miami or different places, and they act like they're like, they're slaves, like they're trapped. And it's just, you know, it's like we, the system created this whole um, uh, class system, you know, between rich and poor. And a lot of times people all just want to like follow what celebrities are doing and become rich and all that stuff. But I grew up with money. I had a father who had his own jet. I had a, you know, I mean, there was no hugs and kisses. It was all about what I'm buying you, uh, what piano lessons you're taking, tennis lessons, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I fucking hated it because I was just like, I would bring, I, I would just be like, what is, why does the person you know, at school say to me, you know, cause this, this one situation happened to me that really changed my life. We were giving uh, Christmas gifts and uh, exchanging Christmas gifts. And I had my nanny, I told my nanny to go out and buy this guy that I, this guy named Steven, who I was exchanging gifts with, you know, all these star Wars, the whole star Wars collection set and like everything where on the day of school and we exchange gifts and I hand him this like, you know, Star Wars collection set and all these things. Um, it was like, you know, you put the Star Wars figures in it and he handed me a box. And when I opened it up, it was a chewed pencil with paint on it. And I and the teacher goes, what did you get? And I showed her and she goes, oh, my God. And she sent us to the office and called his parents in. And my dad came in and the principal was like, how could you give this gift how could you let your son give this gift, you know, to to one of the students in school? And the parents came in and they're like, we didn't know. He never told us that there was an exchange of gifts. 
And the boy ran out and he was just like, you're so rich and I'm so poor and I, I don't understand and it's so unfair. Mm -hmm. And literally my heart sunk in my chest mm -hmm. and I went outside and I leaned again. He was leaning on the wall crying and I put my arms around him and I said, I don't know why the world is this way. I don't know why some people are rich and some people don't have things. I said, but it doesn't matter. I go, it doesn't matter. I said, what matters is, is that you are powerful and you're intelligent and you're amazing. And you know what? You don't have to give me anything. I don't need anything. I just want you to, to take this gift that I gave you and I want you to play with it and I want you to have fun with it. And he looked in my eyes and he said, really? I said, yes. And every time, you know, I travel the world and I'm in countries, second world countries, third world countries, um, places where there's like, you know, people going through so much. I never exalt myself above them. And it's interesting because my father finally lost his money for some bad situation with mafia and all this kind of stuff. And he got lost like something like 20 million or 15 million dollars and filed bankruptcy because he couldn't pay it all back. What was the greatest thing about him losing that money for my family was there was no more country clubs. There was no more like, you know, tennis. There was no more fancy cars. It was like, now we have to be in front of each other. Now we have to be real. And I was the only one in the family who was like, you know, everyone, my sister and everyone was like adjusting. And I was just like, I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go get a job for the first time in my life. I'm going to go work at Noah's Bagels. I'm going to go take a secondary job. I go, we're going to pull through this. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it. It's going to be okay. And it was really hard for my stepmom and my dad because they're so used to having all these luxuries. But what taught what it taught them was actually how to have a conversation and how to connect and how to touch and how to hug and how to embrace. And it made them actually appreciate life a lot more, you know, yeah. and you with your spiritual journey and like your education, it was I think it was a very important piece of that also, like if without that experience. And also other places where you've been, you know, like, I don't think you could have become this uh, diverse spiritual teacher that you are, you know? Exactly. And so I think that what happens is, is that people need to get out of that mindset. It doesn't matter what your upbringing is. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the that's bank. What we should, that's what we should do school for, for. I don't understand why we have the whole school system if we're not taking advantage of that. Like, there is law. The kid needs to go to school a couple of years. Let's put some real good shit in the kid's head then, you know, in school. Yeah. So we know that, okay, I think everybody, for example, I think everybody needs to work one summer, for example, with old people, you know, work as a carer. I agree 100%. Or work with old people. Like if that was only simple thing like that, if that was in the system of school that at least one term you do uh, a work for the you know for the old elder or people you know weak people that need help i think just that like my experience of working w with these things have totally you know made have deafened deafened me so much and have make me also realize what life is actually about because even if we're trying to like close our eyes to it we're all gonna get old and sick one day and like yeah you worked with that guy you worked yeah. with the, the guy yeah, I worked with him for a year. I worked with um, uh, old people also. I've been working, you know, a lot as a carer. And uh, I think it's it's one of the best jobs you can have. I mean, it's it's not for life because it's heavy and it, you will destroy your body after a while, you know. Uh, but it's definitely, if everybody in the world went and did that work for an amount of time, 
choices they would make in the rest of, of their life would be different, you know. I mean, that's just one simple example, but obviously we need to use uh, what we, the system that we already have created in the best of ways, you know, and the whole school idea is a good thing. Education is amazing. For me, it was terrible. It's, my, it's the worst experience of my life. It's like almost a big black, it's just a big, it's a big black space of, of my life. I don't remember any teachers or... Yeah, for me too. Classmates or anything. It was an, School was the worst experience for me. I felt like I was in prison. Uh, but I do understand what an amazing opportunity it is to be Swedish and have that, you know, have the opportunity to do learn and educate yourself. But I just think it's like built up in a very weird way, full of information that doesn't really mean anything. That you don't need, need it. You life. don't need it. Exactly. I mean, I asked my history teacher, why am I in this class? We're still doing the same thing. I always got sent to the office. I was always the dysfunctional kid always the black sheep, you know, and I, and what I found was, you know, my mom is so amazing because she's Norwegian and she, you know, she never driven, she's never driven a car her whole entire life. And like, she always has this bike, you know, that she had in Holland and she used to ride her bike with me in the basket and we'd go to the market and she would sing down the street and, you know, sing songs and play the bongo drums that I'd go into trances and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, she said to me, um, she built a garden in the backyard as a kid and she would teach me about the herbs and the different plants and different things. And, you know, I've learned so much just by being with people and sharing love with people. When I'm in Palestine or if I'm in Israel, or if I'm in Turkey, wherever I'm at, I submerge myself into the cultures where I'm at in the world and, this, and live and be with the people. And you learn so much from each other, you know, and like, the greatest, like I always say to, uh, to each other, the greatest war that we have on our planet is not the war that we're dealing with in other countries, but it's the war that media uses against us to segregate us, to separate us, to make us believe that we have to buy this and buy that, to make us react to things so they can get away with, with murder. You know, and the pharmaceutical companies, the big drug dealers, the real, the real kingpins, you know, so and I think drug dealer. the drug dealer, drug, drug, drug dealer. <laughs> drug dealer. Hey, gangsta, drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's great that it is the most, the most like necessary uh, and most beautiful craft humans have created is, uh, is creating food, food culture and uh, medicine. And these two is the devil. We have made the most, we have made God the devil. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, knowledge. Yeah, you know, health and and food is is probably why people started thinking about God in the first place. They're like, "Wow, there must be someone that takes care of us because look, we get medicine and food." And then, like, let's create a devil out of that. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah, let's turn it. Let's turn it ugly, and you know, and and I think that that's really important. That's why I love in your music. I love your music because I think that uh, like one of my favorite songs, which I play all the time. Because whenever we, we became friends, I started really listening to your music and really downloading your words, you know. And I love your song that goes, I haven't been loved. Um, we're at a, what is it? It's like we're at a war and I haven't been loved yet. I've never felt loved before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was People so powerful. Have, everything has gone to shit here, but I have never been in love before. So there's something beautiful going on, you know. Yeah, the contrast of that. I gave that song to a girl 
um, who was constantly going through war in her country. Mm. And it completely, she cried so hard when she heard that song. And I, I gave it to her and she played it and, and played it and played it. And she's like, I've never been in love before. And I'm going through all this war and stuff. And like, I want to be in love, you know, and experience love before something happens to me, you know? And it was beautiful. And my other song that I really love of yours is One More. I'm sure you know, because I did the interviewed me recently here in LA and they were like, what's your favorite music song? My favorite songs too. It's one of my I worked yesterday with the guy that I made that song with, and it's one of my first uh, experience sessions that I had here in Los Angeles. And it was uh, his first uh, session, music session he had here in Los Angeles. And we made that song. And since then, we made so many songs. And it was, for me, a game changer. That's probably when I started, like, hmm, maybe I do want to sing a little bit, you know? It's fun to sing. <laughs> <laughs> What a show, powerful tribal members. I mean, talk about getting information, learning and understanding. What an amazing gift to have Elephant, the biggest pop star in Sweden, come on the show and share about her life and about things that helped her to get where she is and really drop some understanding about what it means to be a part of the global community. And I think it's important that we actually get involved in our local charities or being able to work with elderly people, as well as be able to expand ourselves to recognizing that media is creating conflict with us. And we have to be aware of not allowing media to change who we are or to create some false identity of who we are in this world. And I suggest many things. One of the things I suggest you to do is stop watching television and news and listening to the news on the radio and really just focus on the things that are inspiring and uplifting you and realizing that anytime someone tells you you should dress like this, you should eat like this, or you should be like that, you just tune in and check in. Is that reason for you doing that because of something that was programmed into you? Or is that because you really feel that this is the path for you? And if it is, then go for it. But if it isn't, then leave it alone because you're not here to conform to anything and you're not here to be like anyone else but yourself. And I think that's really important. So I really appreciate you being here, tribal members, and being a part of the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And also, if you get a chance, check out shamanduric.com, download some of my amazing meditations, and follow me on Instagram and check Check out my posts and, and get inspired and level up with the information and the knowledge that is coming in that I'm providing for every way for you to recognize yourself as a leader today. Until next time, I love you so much. And if you get a chance, please leave a review. Give us the stars that you feel is necessary for how you feel about the shows that you've been listening to. And share, 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 share with all the people because the more people who are walking into their leadership, the better for us on planet Earth. Until next time, have a wonderful and beautiful you because you are amazing, powerful, and delightful. And I'm happy you're here on planet Earth. Bye.